Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife, co-host, and mother of my children, Hannah Hogan. Hey, Dusty. I say children, but she's still not giving birth to the other child yet. Mm. So I don't, as I was saying it, I was just trying to church it up a bit from the typical intro that I give. And I didn't want to give the impression that she had already had the baby because mm-hmm. she has not. She would like to. I'm full blown pregnant right now. Um, and we ran into some people at the at the play park today that had seen me at the Grand Old Opry and they were talking to us. And I showed them Hannah. I said, this is my wife, Hannah. And the, and the lady was like. Talking about how pregnant she was. I think she called me a beached whale. I think she did say that. I didn't take offense to it at the time, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what was that all about? Well, I think... The way I was sitting, probably. Yeah, well, I just get the impression that, you know, a lot of, like, pregnant women are are using that kind of language with each other. Mm -hmm. So you're just not around a lot of pregnant women, and I think people just get used to that. They get used to people making jokes about them being fat, and you only get those jokes when my dad comes around and my mom one time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but we're pumped to be here. Uh, This is a Thursday, June 1st, I believe. Yeah. And uh, we're pumped to be here. Uh, the baby uh, is due June 15th, and we have been talking about names. We got all kinds of names from people. Um, these are some names. I'm going to go ahead and run through some names that I like. And I'm going to start. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to start, but these are names that, you know, it's like I find are not normal names, uh, but I like them. They are Duke. I like Duke. I like that name a lot. I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but we decided that we didn't want to name him Duke because our daughter's named Daisy, and it would seem like the shorts, Daisy Dukes, or even the Dukes of Hazard. But you know what? I like that name. I'm leaning on it. Mm. I'm leaning on that name. Mm. Uh, we also like the name Jesse. Uh, we like the name Buck. Uh, what are some others? I like Earl. Oak. Oak. Oak is when we got in a suggestion from uh, from an email, and um, we Oak was like the first name we ever thought of for the baby, and we'd never heard anyone suggest that. But that is that was our first because at the time I was reading a book that a listener had had recommended for me about oaks, and I was just really into oak trees. I still am, but I just didn't know if the name had enough. Syllables. Uh, yeah. It's not so much lack of syllables, maybe even a, a lack of consonants in there. <laughs> there's a lot of vowels in that name. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, there's only three letters. <laughs> yeah. So it's a short name, Oak yeah. Slay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like it. And I feel like sometimes when I'm trying to come up with a name, I worry about me calling uh, my kid that out in public and what it'll sound like. But I call my daughter Bub all the time and I don't have any problem calling her Bub out in public. That's right. It does not bother me. Yep. Uh, I call her Days. 
Mm-hmm. Daisy, none of them bother me. Yeah. We have all kind of names for our baby, and it does not bother us. Um, so I don't know, but that those are those are the three that well it, we'll say four with oak that that I'm leaning on. What about Moses? Moses feels like he's not born in America. That's why I, it's like I like biblical names and I like Moses. I like the, you know the character Moses. I mean, he did a lot for us. I think Moses is a cool name, but like literally no one supports me on it. No, I mean it just seems, you know, a, uh, you know, a bit of an ethnic name. Like I know a guy named Moses, uh I used to know in Nashville, but he looks like, you know, the name Moses fits him. Like he's here on a work visa? Uh, I don't know if he is, but yeah, he could be. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with where people are from. You do. I mean, because, you know, we met someone from Australia and you're like, they're Eastern European. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't. I have a hard time with it. Uh, Austra- I, saw, I was talking to a guy from South Africa the other day, and I was saying how the British accent, the South African accent, and Australian all sound the same to me. I mean, it's got some variants to it, but when you actually hear a native speaker speaking it, I'm like, I don't know where they're from. I'm really good with accents. I can pinpoint it pretty well. Like when you hear a Spanish person or a French or German, can you tell, oh, that's a German person trying to speak English? Can you yeah, do that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I know Asian a little bit better because I grew up around a lot of Asian people. Like you can be, you can say, oh, that's a Chinese versus that's a Korean. That's pretty good. And Vietnamese, I think. Yeah, maybe that's, and you know, maybe because I'm from Canada, I'm better with um, Commonwealth countries like Australia, New Zealand, um, South Africa, uh, you know, all these different kind of British Isles kind of countries. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Eastern European is my go-to for uh, a person that I don't know where they're from. Yeah, it I is. I say Eastern European. I know. And when you tell me you've met someone from Eastern Europe, I just think they could be from anywhere. Yeah, and that's they true. They could be from Nigeria. That's true. Well, Nigeria, actually, you know what? I, and I've talked about this before, but when I was in the hospital and I ruptured my appendix and that guy who had to walk me uh, the first time and who had to take my catheter out was a Nigerian man named Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Mm. Um, based on that man alone, I love Nigerian people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about that man. All he was was doing what everybody at the hospital was doing. But in that, I was coming off drugs and sedation. But in that moment, I was just, I was feeling it. I was like, this guy is like an angel. I never, I don't know if I ever saw him again the rest of the stay. We saw angels in that hospital and we saw the devil. Yeah, I think so. We saw that doctor. I don't know if you've told that story. I did tell it. Yeah, I mean, I did a whole. Well, no, I mean, I did a whole podcast, uh, you know, right after coming out of the hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to, while it was fresh, I mm-hmm. talked about my dream. I'd actually like to go back and listen to that podcast just so I could hear my my dream. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought we might start with some emails just to mix it up a bit. No, the podcast is not turned off. We are just looking for the emails. Yeah. Well, I just got a, uh, a text from someone with a bunch of names. Mm. Ruckus. 
I mean, I'll tell you what, I love the South because your family and people that you know are from the South. They're giving us names and they don't make no sense. This is my friend Chris Buck from Florida. So, yeah. yeah. Lincoln, uh, early. Early. Huckleberry. I've gotten my dad said Huckleberry. I've gotten Huck and Huckleberry a lot. Uh, I'm thinking these are all jokes. Uh, Cooper, Magnus, Tupelo. Tupelo, I like. That's fun. You like Tupelo? Yeah, I think that's fun. I think these are all jokes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, oh yes, they but the, sound like martini names. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Let's look at some emails here. Let's just read a couple. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna skip through. Um. This says this is uh, someone who had not been listening to the podcast much, uh, was listening to some others, uh, and 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 he says, uh, I made it a point to start listening to your podcast and Nate Land. I started with yours with alt- alternate reality Dusty because that title jumped out to me. Honestly, it wasn't anything like I expected, and that's not a bad thing at all. I don't know what I expected. Maybe a little more comedy based or something. Maybe I just don't know how podcasts are supposed to work, but I loved how it's just so conversational with humor mixed in. So much so, I found myself getting frustrated because I wanted to jump in and interject something into the conversation. I was also pretty surprised at the amount of the depth of the conversation about your faith. I feel, uh, and he says again, I don't mean that as a bad thing at all. I feel like you've put some time into it to figure out what you believe and why. One of the things I've been trying to do over the past few years is to get away from looking at things through a religious viewpoint and start looking at things from a biblical viewpoint, which is oftentimes completely different. In doing so, I've actually been able to find a lot of humor in the Bible. Anyways, all that to say, I really enjoyed the content and will definitely be a regular listener from now on. And I and uh, okay, and this this is uh, stuff a little more personal to me, uh, but I appreciate this email and I wanted to read it because, yeah, I mean, I think that's important to get away from. Uh, I thank you for the email and to get away from um, looking at things through a religious view. It's churches, um, you know, are made up of human beings uh, who can all make mistakes and all fall into sin. But, uh, you know, so, you know, that leads me into another one. It leads me into another email. I want to just jump right into this one. Uh, Hey, Dusty, I hope you're doing well. Thanks for your comedy and podcast. You are by far my favorite comedian. Appreciate that. And I got to go to one of your shows a while back. It was a great time. I also really appreciate the Bible talk on your podcast. One thing I'm curious about is your decision not to go to an organized church. And I would be interested to hear you elaborate a bit more on when you came to this decision and why. Not that I think you're wrong. Honestly, as someone raised in the church, I've been exploring this question on my own a bit, and I'm curious to hear different thoughts. I can definitely see the the appeal of just meeting in people's homes, as many early church groups did. If you can't get back to me, uh, blah, blah, blah. Once again, thanks for the amazing comedy, and I look forward to catching another one of your shows sometime. Uh, uh, Well, so this leads me from that email to this email about, um, you know— Religion. Religion and seeing things from a religious point of view and and churches— 
the way I see it, uh, most churches, and I've not found one that believes like I believe, um, uh, you know, and I just, and even if I do find one that believes like I believe, it seems like they're almost tiptoeing into Judaism, which is not what I'm after either. Um, so I think, you know, maybe I've made it too hard to find what I'm looking for, but I just think, and maybe it can't exist outside of home group meetups, but I'm just looking for something where we read the Bible, we talk about the Bible and we discuss what it says. And then we try to observe the things that it says to observe. I mean, I'm pretty convinced at this point that we're supposed to be living on a 13 month calendar where each month is consists of 28 days. And we have an extra day in the year as is kind of a, a reset or whatever. Um, I'm pretty convinced of that. And that April would be the first month. Um, and so I'm, you know, what I would love to have is a group of people that are interested in like, you know, uh, observing the moon and finding when when the new months come in and the cycles and all those sorts of things. I mean, there's some really it gets kind of mystical and you get really away from church stuff. You know, you stay biblical based, but you get really away from church stuff and more into being in touch with nature and the moon and the sun and the stars and all those sorts of things. Uh, I think that is uh, a much better way to go. I mean, uh, I'm, I've been, you know, I've had my mind changed a bit on tithing, but I just don't know who to tithe to. Um, you know, I've donated money to churches here and there that I liked that I would watch online or whatever, but, um, I, you know, so my decision just came from my, the way that I believe changed so much, um, that I, I don't know. I just didn't find I had a place in a church anymore. Um, and I, I always had pretty good experiences with churches. I mean, you know, I, I did campus life for a long time in high school. Uh, I just went back to Opelika. I'll talk about that a little bit, but I hung out with one of my friends that I uh, I used to go to campus life with, uh, and I feel like it really helped me at a time. And I've been a part of many churches, and I met a lot of people, and I feel like it's helped me. But as my faith grew and as I changed kind of the way I believed, I feel like I moved out of those churches and I don't know where to go. I feel like because we've been to several churches, you know, in the last several years. And I feel like while you usually will go to church and, and something about it, you will enjoy. And oftentimes you enjoy most of the people and, and you know, but you, you do tend to get a little frustrated because you feel like they'll say something like, oh, it's important to be obedient to God. But then you'll say, then why aren't you following the law? Like, I just feel like you always get kind of caught up with, well, if you think that, then why don't you think like us? Well, I've been to churches. I went to a church one time where they went, it's like they went straight up through the Old Testament. They were breaking it down. They were reading all the laws. They were, re they were And I was like, oh, man, this is great. And then they go, good thing we don't have to follow that anymore. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, and um, 
I just don't think the, uh, you know, I try to get not, not get too wrapped up in it, but it is just the way I believe. And I feel like because the belief system is, is, is turned the way it is, it's become so watered down. And I'm like, what are we even talking about here? What are we even choosing to believe? You know, Mm -hmm. we're just, we're just going to be good out here. I mean, Jesus would always say, you know, uh, you know, you're forgiven, uh, and go and sin no more, you know? So, uh, I just think that, uh, that's fun. These are great. I hope these answers are good. I don't know. Coming in hot with some religious talk at the top of the podcast. Yeah. So that first email being like, I, I was kind of thinking it'd be a little bit more comedy based. Well, <laughs> you thought wrong, brother. Well, you know, the thing is, and I, you know, I mean, generally speaking, when me and Hannah started this podcast in 2017, we called it the We're Having a Good Time podcast. And the idea being that we would just, Hannah was doing comedy at the time, I was doing comedy at the time, and we weren't doing comedy together necessarily. So she would go away somewhere on the weekend. I would go away somewhere on the weekend. So we would go and then we come home and talk about where we were. That's where, where we've been, where we're going came about because it was like, well, let's talk about what we did. Where were we at? Was it exciting? Was it fun? What'd you eat? We had food on the road. We had a bumper food on the road. We had uh, music we were listening to. We had car fights for a little while when we did do shows together. We had, you know, we had all those things. And so we were trying to keep it comedy based, but it's like, for a long time, I did the podcast alone, and it is hard to just be joke, 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 joke when you're just sitting in a room by yourself. So Hannah came back on to to make sure I was doing the podcast. Yeah, and just to make sure it's not very funny. I mean, just to kind of just level it out with some serious combos. A lot of people, I don't know if you'll like me saying this, Dusty, but, you know, one of the main reasons I left this podcast and honestly almost left the marriage was <laughs> well, I don't know where that's coming from, but anyway, was we were doing the podcast together, and Dusty said, uh, "What did you say again?" Oh, you said like oh, we I weren't, said, we wouldn't riff well together. Or yeah, something. well, yeah, we were down in uh, West Palm Beach. This was before we had a baby. Hannah flew down to meet me in West Palm Beach, and it was supposed to be just this. He had a nice hotel. I was doing comedy down there, and it was just going to be this great weekend where we just relaxed on the beach and mm-hmm. just hung out maybe stop by mar-a-lago yeah and uh it just was a lot of fights mm-hmm. and uh i just was talking to her about the podcast and i just i just said to her i don't think that we riff well uh-huh i didn't say she wasn't funny that's how i interpret it that is how you interpret <laughs> it <but> I, <laughs> I still do to this day but i just was saying at that time it didn't feel like we were riffing well And uh, because, you know, I'm comedian Dusty, right? That's who I am. I'm a comedian and people are listening to this podcast because I'm a comedian. But at that time, at least when you were coming on, you were turning me into husband Dusty (laughs) on the podcast. And I'm like, I don't want to be husband Dusty on the podcast. I'm comedian Dusty here. Right. And uh, so that's what I was saying. We weren't riffing well together. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd be like. Ain't it crazy when I'm like, actually, honey, I think that has to do with your childhood. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, you take I'd take it into one direction when you're just trying to be silly. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, but, you know, so the and then when Hannah came back, it's like it's it's you know, it's hard enough to come up with an hour of stand up comedy. Um, But 
you know, when this husband and wife are sitting in a room talking to each other, it's like the way I learned improv was uh, my, my teacher would say, all right, you're all funny. Don't try to be funny. Try to create a scene and then the funny will just come out of it. So that's kind of how I try to approach this podcast. We just get on here and talk, and I hope funny moments come out of it. But we're not like old 1980s radio where we got sound effects and whoopee cushions. And we're, in fact, I hate that stuff. I hate it. I I absolutely refuse to try to be funny. Um, You know, if I say something because I think it, then I'll say it. But I gave up a long time ago trying to be funny. And I'm mostly just here to repeat what you say and try to, like, take you into an interesting journey of your life. Well, I appreciate that. But <laughs> but the... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But the, um, you know, it's like... Uh, I think this is a better way. We get to talk about some topics, you know, and I, I do hope people are entertained by it. But it is, uh, it, you know, it's hard enough to write an hour of comedy that you perform on stage, much less come in every week with really funny stuff. And then now if you take uh, like Nate Land, for instance, we have four working comedians all in a room together. And then we have someone that plans out a lot of topics. I don't know if you can tell by listening to this podcast, but we typically don't even plan anything to talk about. Right before we do it, we go, what'd we do this weekend? And then I try to find a way to just riff for an hour on what we did this weekend. We don't have, I got a dry erase board in here now that's completely empty. I have a notepad filled with stuff that I'm not going to be talking about. And I'll take notes in my phone sometimes, but for the most part, it's like, I, you know, I just want to be riffing and be be off the cuff and just have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think our podcast is great um, because, oh gosh, maybe I'm just over comedians, but I don't know. I just, I guess, I guess there's a place for all types of podcasts, and that's why yeah. podcasts are so popular. There's how to podcasts. There's you know, niche podcasts, there's dating podcasts, there's podcasts where comics are like, this is just going to be jam packed with jokes, you know? And it's like, great. I'm there sure are, lots of people need to listen to that, but it's like, there also are, uh, our podcasts can get very dirty, right? And we're, we're not going to yeah. be doing that. I like a little edge to it. I like to talk about some stuff sometimes, uh, drinking stories and smoking weed. And I, I love talking about that stuff, but I, um, you know, it's never going to get very dirty here. Um, and uh, so I think sometimes, you know, on a podcast, a lot of clips I see that people share that are very funny to me. It'll be some salacious type comment that is really getting the traction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about I'm putting out clips talking about building communities and tree houses. Yeah, you you're know? talking about land in McMinnville and what's your name and your children and I don't drink drinks <laughs> which leads me I went to Opelika this past weekend just to help my mom with some stuff my mom's trying to sell her house and trying to move to Tennessee uh, Cleveland she's not going to move here but uh, she'll probably be up a lot more which will be great for us um, and so I went back to try to help her with some stuff and uh, there are food places I like to go when I'm in Opelika. When I'm in Opelika, I haven't been to Western Sizzlin as much. I used to like to go to Western Sizzlin every time. I should go back there again, but I made so many jokes about them. And there's uh, people that I know that work there 
that I almost don't want to face them. Even though I'm not trying to make fun of Western Citizen, I just, my joke about uh, it's like Golden Corral without all the class uh, is just really funny to me. I actually like Western Sizzlin way better than Golden Corral. I just think that's a funny joke. Um, but the, um, I like to go to Chuck's Barbecue and I like to go to Jim Bob's. I did not go to Jim Bob's this last time and that was a real mistake on my part. Mm, Jim Bob's is delicious. But I did go to Chuck's um, and it's like, those are my spots. And so those are classic Opelika places. So I'm going to make fun of a couple of restaurants. So I want it to be clear that the classic Opelika restaurants, I still have a heart for. These others that have moved in now, they're chain restaurants. They're just chains that have popped up in this Tiger Town. Tiger Town is a shopping center, you know, near Auburn. I guess it's still in Opelika, but it's near Auburn. And so it's like Tiger Town based off the Auburn Tigers. And I like Tiger Town. But I went to this pizza place over there and uh, I walk in with my mom and my, well, I don't know what he is to me, but he's my mom's step great grandson. He's just a kid. <laughs> he's just you. a kid that's not even blood related to us at all. But my mom has been raising him. <laughs> <laughs> he's not blood related at all to us. Anyway, down there in Alabama. So we're, we're down there and we... I had been like the poor kid. He's five years old and he was losing his patience with me trying to find a place to eat. Now, I do this all over the country. I'll, I'll pull up Google Maps in some of the best cities in the country and just look at the restaurants and go, no, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. I get picky because I've been eating out for 10 years, even longer than that. Prior to that, I was working at Spectreside, working the road even then. I've been eating out for 20 years. Even before then, I didn't cook at home. So let's say uh, as long as I've been able to, to carry myself to a restaurant, I've been eating out for 22 years is what I'll say. Fazoli's ain't cutting it. Yeah. So I'm so sick of everything available. Even if it's a uh, seems like a special type place. They're probably still getting their food from the Cisco truck. It's all frozen. It's all, and I just am sick of it. So we finally settle on this pizza place that my mom went to. And we go in and we order all the pizza. We have to go to the counter. Service is not real friendly. It's noon on a Saturday. There's no one in there, which is not a good sign. And I go up to the counter and I go, you know, we got this pizza that we ordered. They wouldn't let me substitute any anything because they had a veggie pizza, but it had so many things. It had black olives, green olives, artichoke hearts, uh, all of these things. And I'm like, I just want to like a green pepper, onion, some black peppers or, or, or black olives, uh, you know, that sort of veggie pizza. I don't need all this stuff. And they wouldn't let me sub anything out. I could take things off, but I couldn't sub anything off, which Hey, if you're slammed, I get it. Let's not overwhelm the kitchen. But I'm your only customer in here right now. You might make a few exceptions for me. And then we order my um, my my great nephew, the kid. Uh, yeah, we order him some uh, some spaghetti and meatballs, and then I order them both a drink. And then I go, I'll have a water. And the lady goes, Well, there's algae in the water right now, so it tastes kind of funny. I go, okay, well, I'll have a bottled water then. She goes, we don't have bottled water. And then I'm frozen. I'm frozen there because I'm like, 
I don't know what to do now. I want to walk out, but I'm with my mom and this other kid, and I don't want to make a scene. So I'm just kind of standing there. I go, all right, well, give me a second here. I'm just trying to decide what I want to do. And they, you know, they're offering me Coke. And I'm like, no, I want, I want hydration. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the opposite of a Coke. Um, I might take a sip, but I want water. And the lady behind is either an owner or a manager because she was wiping down menus, but she was dressed nicer than everyone else that worked there. And she goes, Oh, this is Opelika. There's been algae in the water for 10 years. You know, and I'm like, I grew up here and I've never heard anybody say there's algae in the water. I got family and friends around here. I've never heard this. And I and she goes, it just pops up two or a couple of times a year. And uh, the people of Opelika don't want to pay $10 million to get it fixed. So that's how it is. And I go, but you don't have bottled water. So for 10 years, it's been like this and you not thought to pick up a case down at the grocery store right next to your store. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't say all this, but this is what I'm thinking. Mm. And I go, all right, well, we got to regroup and we're going to go talk about it. So I went out, I took them outside and I go, all right, we're not going there. <laughs> so we go to the place right next door and we sit down. Service seems a little friendlier. This, this place is packed. I'm like, okay, great. At least there's people eating here. And then I go, let me get a bottled water. The girl goes, we don't have bottled water. And I'm like, geez, <laughs> like, oh, like Opelika is not some podunk town. It's not like it's unheard of for a bottle of water to be in this restaurant. It's like, I just feel like this is a perfect money-making opportunity. You tell the customer there's algae in the water, but we can sell you a bottled water. That's a perfect money-making opportunity. Why are you not season on it? seize on it. Well, I think that tells me that Americans just aren't drinking water. I just think they're missing an opportunity. But so I eat with no, we end up eating there, but I eat with no drink. I'm like, I, I'm not doing it. And then, but I told the lady what happened at the other place. And she goes, well, yeah, there's, there is algae in the water, but we have a filter on our water here. So you wouldn't even taste it. So it's like, and that's what other people told me. I, Cause I told that story everywhere I went for the rest of the time in Opelika and everybody, my friend, I hung out with a friend who owns an ice cream shop and he's like, we don't have bottled water at the ice cream shop, but we have a filter on the water, you know? Um, so I was just blown away by it. Just blown away by this whole, you're just eating in a restaurant and they go, there's algae in the water. All I could think was the amount of things that they must be using water for in yeah. this place. Like, what are you washing your dishes with? Yeah. The algae water? Mm -hmm. what, what are you making the dough out of? You're, you're mixing it with this algae water? I mean, that's all I could think was if the water is so tainted that, I, that I'll taste it when I drink it, what else is going on? They need help. And I'm not a snob about it by any means, but... I just want a bottled water. Yeah, it just seems like they don't have any sense. Yeah. You know, there's certain people that are just rough around the edges and, and prideful, so they don't want to change. But then there's other people you meet there. You just realize, oh, they don't have any sense. Yeah. And my mom, you know, my mom, she goes, well, I'm sorry, my town sucks. And I'm like, mom, it's not your town. I complain like this everywhere I go. I'm not even, I just complain. I've worked in customer service for too long. 
I've worked in food service too long, and I'm a comedian. I mean, now I'm built to make fun of things. But also, I'm like, when I waited tables, so so many of the things that I encounter in restaurants are totally unacceptable in, in, uh, you know, I heard some comedian talking about eating in France versus in America. And he's like, he, in, in America, people will try to take the plate before you're even done with it. And he goes, his favorite phrase is when people say, are you still working on this? <laughs> but I used to say that all the time. I mean, pre-bus yeah. is the way to go. It's like, get them in, get them out. Well, a lot of times, though, in America, the, 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 there's so much food being served that most people probably aren't finishing their plate. So it is probably pretty common to have, you know, a quarter of your food left on your plate. Yeah, but I've stacked. Whereas in France, you know, smaller oh, portions. That's true. But I've stacked plates mm-hmm. and set them on the edge of the table and the server won't take them. Yeah, you love stacking plates. I might go ahead and get these out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it helps you in the end. Mm-hmm. Helps me right now. Yeah, you still got a mind for us, for uh, a pesticide and for um, customer service in in restaurants. Yeah, but our emailer Peggy has uh, let me know to stop using pesticides. And mm-hmm. I will say, our front lawn and Hannah even said it the other day. It looks really good. It looks tip top, but I'm not completely comfortable when I'm barefoot. I'm not. Uh, I'm not excited about it either. But I, I did want the homeowners association has been stepping it up around here, which I don't care for, and and uh, uh, and they and our yard, our neighbor that that moved in that we complained about. I mean, he he has about the slowest um, uh, improvements. On his lawn, like it takes him a long time to get it done, but it is starting to look really good. And I think because people walk their dogs around here and they pee in the lawns, my lawn right around the road is where it looks the worst. And I just don't want to end up with the worst looking lawn on the block. I don't think there's any fear of that right now. Yeah, but that's that's what I don't want. I want, I want it to be like, all right, this guy's holding his own here. We got a dove nesting in a, a flower pot out, out by the front door, which is mm-hmm. really great. I had to have the gutters clean because we had trees growing out of the gutters. Mm-hmm. So, but I told them, I was like, don't be disturbing my dove. I don't want my dove to go away. Mm-hmm. And they seem very excited about it. Mm-hmm. The guy who cleaned my gutters is apparently uh, doing open mics now and is a fan of mine. Mm-hmm. And we talked for a long time. You're running into a lot of folks around these parts of town that know you. Yeah. I like it. I'm into it. I've always, even when I lived in Opelika, I, I was very, uh, I knew a lot of people. Yeah. I liked, get, I like to be recognized in public. You do like it. I don't do need like people it. to be my fans, but I like being out in the world and seeing people I know. When I was growing up, my dad lived, lives where he still lives. He grew up in the same town, very small town, out uh, Lafette. And my dad would walk through the grocery store when I was a kid and every person he came up to, he knew. And I just was always so wowed by that. I mean, my dad was just talking to everybody. He knew everybody in that store. I wish I knew your dad in his prime. Yeah. Because I bet he was a, he was a real flapperjack. <laughs> yeah, he was. And then he, half the people he'd go, that's your cousin. that's like me and my family in my hometown oh yeah oh yeah that's so many cousins yeah Mm. well it's like my dad and mom only had one kid that's me and um but you know they have other kids separate but uh between the two of them only me 
but you know, a lot of my family members have lots of kids. So, well, and your dad has a lot of siblings. My dad has a lot of siblings. And then it's like his mom and dad both grew up in the area. So all of their family out there. I mean, if there's a sleigh uh, or a tally in that area, I'm related to them. Mm-hmm. Or what is what are the others? There's a, oh, I don't know. I'll never get the others. But for sure, if there's a sleigh or a tally, I'm related to them. Yeah. Yeah, you got a lot of cousins. And even the way your dad interacts, and even in the small town, when we go back there. I mean, he talks to people like, like they should just automatically respect him. Yeah. Like he's been running the joint. Yeah. I mean, well, he had, you know, he had an insurance, he sold insurance for a long time. So he talked to a bunch of people um, that, and then he, he would also like when people would, he would sold a lot of accident policies for Aflac. So when people would get hurt and they had this policy, they would go see my dad and my dad would fill out a form for them or whatever, whatever the process was. And then they would get a check. So they loved my dad. I mean, these pulp waters, these guys that used to cut logs and drive trucks and stuff like that, they were getting hurt all the time. So they loved my dad. They were like, oh, I hurt my leg. <laughs> Just coming up here to try to get some money. And uh, it was great. So I spent a little time in Opelika. It was good. I hung out with some old friends and uh, uh, hung out. They Opelika has a cigar shop downtown now with a really nice patio. I don't remember what the name of it was, but it's right there by the Irish Bread Company in downtown Opelika. And it was great. Such had a good selection. They had a really nice patio. So if you live in Opelika or Auburn and you like cigars, go to that place. Uh, because um, I was there on a Saturday night and it was not very busy. So they need the business. So go there. Uh, I also went to the Irish Bread Company. This is another restaurant I went to. And I've been there a couple of times over the years. And I've had a lot of fun there. Uh, I I liked it more when I used to drink. But I went there just for food. I was meeting a friend. I was running a little late. I didn't have a lot of time. But I was trying to get some food quick and then go meet my friend for a cigar. And so I go in. There's two young girls running the counter. The restaurant's not empty, but there's several empty tables right around me. And I go up and I just go, hey, can I get a table for one? And they go, do you want to sit at the bar or you want to get a table? And I was like, I'd like a table. And then they look at these three tables that are empty and they go, this is all we got. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. It's a table. <laughs> yeah, that is. They didn't, none of the tables weren't particularly bad. They were just regular old tables. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. And then I sat down and I could see that there was a waitress to my right, just older, chatting it up. And then there was a waitress in front of me with her back to me, just chatting it up, just chatting it up with tables, just chat, chat, chat. I sat there for two or three minutes, listening to these people chat. And I'm looking at the menu and everything on the menu seems like it's going to take a long time to cook. So I'm like, I'm already running late. And now I'm like, oh, man. And now I got these real chatty, older Southern women just getting just getting at it here. Mm -hmm. And so the lady finally finishes up from across the way. And I see her and she sees me and she's carrying a bunch of plates and she goes, oh, hey, you know, or whatever, like that real loud. I'm like. All right, I'm not going to yell at you from across. But she doesn't say, I'll be right with you. She just says, oh, hey. And so I figure, all right, she'll go drop the dishes and then come right back. But uh, she doesn't come back. I mean, I sat there five minutes maybe, which doesn't seem like a long time. But, you know, I was always taught when, when, when 
if possible, when your table gets sat, try to greet them within 30 seconds of being sat down. Just greet them. Just say, hey, what can I get you to drink? If they don't know what they want to drink yet, grab them some waters, you know? And, but I was like, this is already taking too long for me. So I just left. I didn't make a big fuss about it. I wasn't mad. I didn't write a bad review. I wasn't going to, you know, I just like, I'm going to go to a different place. I know there's a couple of spots around here. I'm going to just get out of here. So as I'm leaving, I'm on the sidewalk outside. Someone comes to the door and they go, sir, you don't want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of give them a wave as I'm walking away. Like, I'm not mad at you, but no, I do not want to come back in there. So I just go to a burger place. I get the burger very fast, not even fast food, someplace called Jefferson's. Uh, it was delicious and it came out quick and then I made it to my spot on time. <sighs> that makes me so laugh. Like the fact that she only really notices you when you're leaving and yeah. she probably genuinely is confused. Like, well, he was sitting just here and then he was gone. And I thought, <laughs> well, why ain't you going to eat, honey? Come on back in. I'll get you something to eat. Like, that's the way I think she was thinking. Yeah. And the problem, you know, rest on me, not on the Irish bread company. I mean, the problem rests on me. I, I went into a sit down restaurant with not a lot of time to spare. Uh, it's like that joke I have where it says, can you be, can we be in and out of here in 20 minutes? And I'm like, hell, you can leave right now. <laughs> I did that. I just went ahead and left right now. You were probably also getting the vibe that you were about to order a water and they're going to tell you all about the algae in the system. <laughs> oh, yeah. And run through that again. Oh, you know, speaking of that, I think I had water at Jefferson's and they gave me a couple. This is all in the same day. They gave me a couple water. I didn't even think about it. I drank the water. Didn't taste no algae in there. Well, can you taste algae? What's algae taste like? The first place I went to said there's algae in the water, so it tastes funny. Mm. You better so, hope there was a filter on that bad boy. Well, I didn't taste anything, but I assume that that one pizza place was the only place that didn't have uh, a filter. Listen, you know, it is not inconceivable to me for restaurants to be like, what's the point of buying bottled water? Nobody's you know, serving bottled water, nobody's buying it. I mean, because half my friends in America intentionally don't drink water. Like they're proud. They're like, I've not drank water in seven years. <laughs> they're just drinking Cokes. Yeah. They're like, it's, they think it's weird. I drink water. They're like, it tastes bad. And I said, you need water. You're, you're made up of like 90% water. You know, some people say, I've, I've saw this on the internet that, that they say people are not they don't wrinkle because they're old. They wrinkle because they're dehydrated. Yeah, I think so too. And I think there is, you know, something about getting old too. Sure. But, but dehydration really does it. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of people are dehydrated. I mean, I, I even get so far into the water discussion that people even get into the idea that uh, if you're just drinking water and then you're peeing, then you're not absorbing any of the water. So you want to put a little pinch of salt in there, not just any salt, mineral salt. So you absorb the minerals and also will help you absorb the water. And it's like, I had no idea drinking water was so complicated. Yeah. But I remember being in history class when I was in high school and they would talk about how valuable salt used to be in, um, in these, uh, you know, old days when they would be traveling across the desert and stuff like that, like salt would be as valuable as gold. 
And I would, and I remember asking why, and they said it's because to help your body absorb the water. And I'm like, well, why don't we do that now? And everybody just seems to say because we get enough salt in the food that we eat. Well, that could be true too, though. Right, but I don't think if we're eating, um, you know, we're not eating processed, pre-made meals for us, or exclusively eating at restaurants. Probably not getting a lot of salt. Like I eat a lot of salt. But I'm saying like, if you're, say you're like, 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 for instance, like if I'm cooking and I put some salt on my meal, my dad will tell me, oh, that salt's killing you, you know, but I'm like, he said, you get enough salt and stuff you eat. You don't have to add it to it. But I'm like, if you're not eating stuff with salt in it, then you're going to need to add salt to get salt. Yeah. But I mean, like, for example, when I'm cooking, when I'm cooking four or five nights a week, I put salt in nearly every dish I'm cooking to flavor it and right, to bring you, out the flavor. But if my dad said, that salt's killing you, and you you heeded the advice and you go, okay, and then all the meals you cook, now you don't add salt. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting salt anymore. Oh, okay. Well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time believing that his wife, Martha's not putting salt in, in their meals. See, I think they use a lot of weird stuff. No, like sativa, like, but for salt. Like no salt, salt kind of stuff. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. And yeah, well, I've actually heard stevia is really good. Wow. Not just taste wise. I've heard it's good and healthy. Oh, man. I don't know if that's true or not. Up is down, down is up. Who knows? It's all confusing. They like it that way. Mm-hmm. The 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 controllers of the universe like it that way. Well, the other day, I mean, you ran yourself all over town just to just to enable yourself to drink a glass of milk. You know, you said I can't just drink a glass of milk. You had to get some chocolate with it. And I said, you know, people not that long ago, like when we were children, we're actively drinking milk. Like it would be weird if you didn't have one glass of milk every day. Well, I used to drink a lot of milk, but I ordered myself some raw milk and I like raw milk. And um, I ordered it for pets only, but I'm drinking it. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't but know. But you don't want to just drink the white raw milk. You want to flavor it because it, it's weird to just drink milk. Yeah, it's weird to me now. I used to drink a lot of milk, but it is weird to me now to just drink milk. So I like, you know, I went to get some cereal and got some, uh, I wanted to get some chocolate, but, you know, uh, Trader Joe's seems to have, or Whole Foods seems to have like a healthier type of chocolate syrup, but the Kroger over here did not. It had Hershey's and I don't think that's the way to go. Well, maybe you just have to get your palate accustomed to drinking that cream again. I don't know. I was just hoping to find myself some good chocolate and make myself a good glass of chocolate milk. Maybe give Daisy some, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Remember they used to have those ads, Got Milk? Yeah. And the celebrities would have that milk mustache. Yeah. And then we just all collectively said, we're done with this. Now they're like, we're vegans. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're like, you better not. Touch anything, yeah. That's made with dairy, yeah. God bless those people, though. I don't know how they live. <laughs> yeah. Well, vegan is hard. Uh, our friend Jeff is a vegan, and it's that's hard. Every time he comes over for dinner, I say, "I'm sorry, I have nothing for you here, son." Vegetarianism uh, is is uh, makes a little more sense to me. I'm still not down with it. I like meat. I like to eat beef. I like to eat chicken. So I'm not down with it. But 
it makes more sense to me than veganism. Veganism's too much. Veganism's too much because it's the ingredients that are in so many things like eggs and milk. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many dishes cooked with these things. And, uh, is butter? Yeah, butter. There's a place we right? go to. Like butter? Like you, you, what? There's a place we go to in Donaldson called the Sunflower Bakery. And we like it over there. They got good coffee. I've quit drinking coffee, but they got good coffee and smoothies and juices and different things like that. But they got muffins too. It's all vegan, Sunflower Bakery. And we always get Daisy a muffin and she likes it. I don't like the muffins. No, they, they, there's something a little off about them. They're not bad. They look great. It's a good-looking muffin. I'll say that. Yeah. It's a big muffin, too. And they have good stuff. Hannah had a sandwich today that mm-hmm. she liked. They do have good stuff. They're, 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 they're doing a heck of a business over there. I'm just not into vegan baked goods. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're missing the eggs, and you're missing the, the butter and the, and the milk, and you just got to ask yourself, what are you doing in this? And they say... Um, that b- fats are really what your body needs. Mm-hmm. Your brain needs it for development. Mm-hmm. So milks and butters and cheeses and eggs, it has fats and, and, and then meats um, has fats in it that are really good for your brain and development. And I was looking at stuff like even like people's jaw lines, like old, like in past times, people's jaws were bigger and that's why it's because of development as they were kids, they were eating more meats and more fats. And so their jaws developed more, which was why all their teeth could fit in their mouth. When people don't get proper nutrition, their teeth get all crooked and they don't have enough room in their mouth for all their teeth, which is why we have to pull our wisdom teeth out. I don't know if this is true, but I will say I had pretty crooked teeth for a while Uh, A lot of people I knew had pretty crooked teeth, and I don't know. But it always seems to me that people that I grew up with with a lot of money had straight teeth. And people that I grew up with with not a lot of money had more crooked teeth. And I don't know if that's just because of, you know, whatever, their genetics, or if it did have something to do with how the wealthy people had better food and the non-wealthy people were eating cereal and Cokes like me. Yeah, I mean, I can see how once you're born, your teeth could deteriorate from that diet. I read somewhere back before they invented forks and spoons and knives that people used to just chew meat with the front of their their teeth, their front teeth. Like tear it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, those are our tearing teeth. Right. And, and then so it would gnaw down your front teeth. So you, people looked completely different, I don't know, let's say a thousand years ago, however long it's been since we've had utensils. But, but the, I still tear meat like that. Right. But just think about how useful forks and knives are in cutting up little pieces and you're able to just distribute them. I distribute the meat to my back teeth when I eat meat. I don't chew it with my front teeth typically, unless I'm eating a chicken wing or something like that. But when people That's were true. eating, you know, meats and foods and all all foods was was you were completely dependent on the front of your mouth to chew it. So your 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 jaw, your gums, your teeth get worn down. And I think that would completely change the way people's faces looked. I read this too. That makes a lot of sense. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. It's stuff like that. Uh, that that 
if you eat something and you feel it on your teeth, like you're talking about those dips that we like to eat. Yeah. There's a candy bar, uh, not a candy granola bar, bar, granola bar called dips. Covered in chocolate. Covered in chocolate. And I noticed that the other day too. I'll eat them sometimes. They are not good for you in any kind of manner or way. Uh, but because it says granola, it feels like it is a little better. But um, it feels lighter than a candy bar. But I was eating those and I could really feel it on my teeth. And you said that to me today. I read that if you are eating something and you can feel it on your teeth like that, then it's something that you're not supposed to be eating. Yeah. Uh, and if you eat an apple, after you eat the apple, you won't feel anything on your teeth. They say the apple is nature's toothbrush. Yeah, I've heard that about apples. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's where my teeth feel like when I eat too much sugar, like ice cream or a sugary dish. And you you just teeth feel nasty and you just think you got to brush your teeth right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, yeah, my, my mom gross. used to say, uh, feels like your teeth are wearing sweaters. Yes, yes, yes. I've had that expression before in my life as well. Have you? Yeah, yeah. My friend in high school used to say that. She's got, I got sweaters on my teeth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to talk about a little music because some music stuff has changed for me. Uh, and I've, I never think about it when we're on the podcast to bring it up. Mm, I know what you're going to talk about. But... Uh, when I was in high school, people were really into fish. People were really into widespread panic. And people were really into the Grateful Dead. I would see Grateful Dead bears everywhere on people's cars. I had a lot of friends that I would be hanging out with, doing various drugs with, and they would be listening to it. And I was never into it. I had a real classic rock phase, but I always preferred Leonard Skinner to the Allman Brothers because I was never so much of a jam band kind of guy. But I downloaded the album on Spotify. I don't know why this happened to me, but a Grateful Dead album uh, called Cornell. Uh, it was May 8th, 1977. This is a live recording. And for whatever reason, this popped up and I downloaded it and I started listening to it and I can't stop. I have downloaded, I have programmed the Grateful Dead channel in on my Sirius XM app in or uh, Sirius XM on the truck. And I cannot stop listening to them. When I drove back from Alabama, that's a five hour drive. I bet three hours of that I listened to. Dead and Company, which is, the, I guess, the rest of the Grateful Dead with John Mayer. Um, I just can't get enough of it. I never, I feel like I needed to mature into listening to Grateful Dead. For some reason, people I went to high school with, certain ones, had a more mature ear than I did at that time, and they could really get into it. Now, I'm not fully into fish yet. I did, I did program that fish station into the radio and i'm not there yet but grateful dead to me is just it's just it's like it's like classical music meets classic rock where it's like it's just it's like uh, almost like jazz mixed in with it too where it's just like it's something you can listen to it doesn't even really matter what they're saying with most of the songs they're just saying some things but then they're just jamming and the jams are light and fun and dead and company gets a little heavier in my opinion, but the grateful dead just very light, very jam heavy. And I'm into it. 
Yeah, every time we get in the truck, I feel like we're at some kind of campfire. Yeah. And I don't care for it, but that's fine. I mean, it is just like, I mean, I'm such a country music fan, and I feel like Grateful Dead, a lot of their stuff, got a very country flavor to it. See, I feel like it makes me think of jazz music, too, because it just won't stop. Well, jazz and country are two of my favorites. Uh, I don't listen to jazz all the time. But it is one of my favorites. If I'm, you know, cleaning the garage or if I'm, you know, n- you know, just r- like on the way to Alabama, I listen to jazz for about an hour or two in the car on one of the stations because it's just a good music. It keeps a good pace, whereas classical I like a lot, but it can get real heavy. Oh, it gets it, so emotional. And I it, can't it, listen. To it classical. really does. But jazz, I mean, it keeps it. You never know, you know, they always say, you never know where it's going to go, but it's like, it's just really good. And I, I, I think that Grateful Dead is a good blend of jazz and country. I agree. I agree. And I, agree. I can't get enough of it. Are you going to, do they still perform? Are they alive? I guess they are. Dead and Company are still performing. But uh, from what they say, I don't know enough about them. It's like so many things for me. That I enjoy. I don't do a lot of research on them. Like I like cigars and people will say, oh, what kind of what cigars are your favorite or what? And I'm like, I don't know. I have a couple that I (laughs) like. You don't know. I have a couple that I like, but I don't know anything about them. I don't care to know anything about them. I have a friend. I had one cigar with him. It was the first cigar he ever had. I saw him about two years later and he knew everything there was to know about cigars. And he was smoking about five a day. Didn't he also create his own brand? I, I think he had his own brand for a little while. He was sponsored by, uh, and it's like, I don't know what happened, but I know the same amount about cigars as the day I showed him cigars. And he knows everything there is to know about them now. I just don't get into it like that. So the Grateful Dead, uh, I know that uh, Jerry Garcia uh, is dead. Uh, he died in the 90s. Um, and he was... One of the front men. Mm. Uh, but I think Dead and Company is everybody with John Mayer replacing Jerry Garcia. But what I gathered from listening to it on the radio, they're on their final tour. Mm. But until they want to make more money in five years and say, come yeah. back to I mean, I'm told that Paul McCartney is on his final tour. His final tour has lasted for two years. Mm. But if I get, it's the real Paul McCartney. Well, that's true. I did actually. We did a. We already did a podcast on the Paul McCartney conspiracy. But I'll, I'll come across some stuff on TikTok once in a while about Paul McCartney. I'm convinced it's not the real Paul. It's McCartney. a compelling story. It's a compelling case. You know, I'm probably down with five percent of your, you know, tried and true theories on everything. And, and, you know, I'm down for about 5% of them. And I think Paul McCartney's in there. For well, me. let's think about this with Paul McCartney, though, because people say he's not the real Paul McCartney. But he would have, this Paul McCartney would have been on there for at least um, Abbey Road, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, because all these things were starting to pop up about them. I mean, those are some of their biggest, most popular albums. I know they had fans long before that time, but I'm like, he may not be the original, but at this point, I mean, we're talking about the 60s. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, what is that, 60 years? Mm-hmm. That's as real as it gets at this years. point. Yeah, 50 years. I don't know. 
I mean, depending on what, yeah, it could be 50. Early 50, 60s or late 50 to 60 years. It's like, if he's not the original, I mean, you know what I mean? Like he's not the original, but he's been around for 60 years. He's paid his dues. I'll say that. And he was in the band in their heyday. It's kind of like, all right, well, maybe the original wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people say that, that that's why John Lennon, uh, and and Paul McCartney had the fallout they had. Everybody blames Yoko, who seems insane, by the way. There is a video out there of Yoko, and I think it's uh uh oh, who is it? It's uh oh, he sings the How Can You Mend a Broken Heart R and B singer. Usher. <laughs> nah. But uh but him, him, John Lennon, and who is that? Uh, I'm just going to look it up. How Take it away. You broken. Well, my thing with Yoko is people love to paint women as the villains. Al Green. I think it's Al Green. Could be Marvin Gaye. Doesn't matter. It's it's that era of musician. Oh. Uh, and they're all singing. And Yoko goes into this wild thing. And the look that comes across Al Green's face is just like, oh, geez, what is this? Well, she's she was an artist, right? That's right. how she connected. So, yeah, she's going to be a little off kilter just because she's an artist. And but that's then, what I mean about being insane. I don't know her, her, yeah, her personal I mean, he, beliefs. But her I, husband was murdered in front of her. So okay, that's going to do something to you. Well, but uh, my point I was going to try to make is everybody wants to blame Yoko, but what they, they were saying was, um, you know, John Lennon didn't get along with Paul because it was not his friend that he started the band with. It was a replacement. Yeah. So he didn't get along with that guy. Yep. And then he was going to reveal that that it was not the original Paul, and so they killed him. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I absolutely agree. There's no questions about that, and there's no gray area. Or well, I just like don't that. think it's so hard, I, you know. And I'm not saying I believe it, and I don't even care really. But I, I find it interesting. There are so many of these crazy ones out there that that I love to get into. Uh, there's one, and they don't have a lot of details on it, but it is just really funny that that Morgan Freeman is Jimi Hendrix. Mm. That Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. Yep, that's one of my favorites. (laughs) I mean, that one, there actually is a lot of work done on that. That's That's just fun. Like, just look into it and have fun for an hour. Yeah, it's pretty. You know? The the YouTube video that I used to share with people is gone. I don't know where it's gone to. It's been deleted from the internet, but it was really great. Yeah, there's been no other video that has compelled people to believe that Alex Jones is Bill Hicks than this particular video. I used to send it to comics and they would text <laughs> me right after they watch it and they go, I believe this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've, we've turned friends in our own home. I wish there were more about the, uh, uh, I think somebody, uh, Morgan Freeman was saying somebody confused him with Jimi Hendrix one time. Um, I don't see it with Morgan Freeman and Jimi Hendrix. Well, there was a, an AI thing that just went out. I sent it to you. It was a video of of a lot of dead celebrities mm-hmm. uh, showing <laughs> what they would look like if they were still alive today. Yeah. AI and the Jimi Hendrix one. It did look a lot like Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Um, I there mean, was one, of all of the celebrities. Jim, I think they said Jim Morrison is mm-hmm. Rush was Rush Limbaugh. 
Well, I think Jim Morrison's dad was a high level like FBI or CIA oh, yeah. agent too. So you you know you kind of can get into some of that a little bit. Yeah. My thinking is is you know there's all these different theories that so and so faked their own death and this and that and I don't think that most of them did. But out of all the people in the world that have been famous someone's got to have faked their death and is really just living in a remote island somewhere. Someone, at least one person has successfully faked their death. Well, there was a theory that Elvis, yeah, know, Elvis had a twin brother and he did have a twin brother yeah. that said died at birth. Yeah. Um, but there was the theory that his brother did not die. Yeah. And that later his brother came and Elvis was tired of the fame and he wanted out. So his brother decided that he would uh you know be Elvis from now on and Elvis knew how to handle the fame but his brother did not so that's why his brother got really fat and all drugged out oh, yeah that's juicy that's an interesting thing. yeah that's a fun one yeah that's a fun one all right let's read this last email um I saved this one I know they they all got biblical in the oh oh actually I forgot about this one. I got two that I want to read. Um, this was a bit more of an intense one. So try to get in on this with me. We're going to try to give this guy some advice. Now, we're not equipped to give advice. We're not medical experts, so we are not really giving advice. We're just sharing thoughts. I'm a big fan of yours, and I've listened to the podcast very regularly for the past several weeks since I found it. I love the conversation between you and your wife. And it definitely keeps my spirits up in the middle of extremely stressful days. Like you, I'm a Jesus follower, and I'm working on being a better man, husband, and father daily. However, my wife and I just came up on 10 years of marriage, and we've been extremely disconnected. We have four young children, and the day-to-day -day life has somewhat overwhelmed us. One of my stress relievers has been alcohol for many years. I used to drink extremely heavily almost daily and have now cut it down to a couple of six packs on the weekends. This is still a point of contention in our marriage, though, even though I feel like I've made really great strides towards not abusing alcohol. Any type of me drinking triggers my wife and makes her really upset. I'm not real sure what I'm looking for, but your story is really inspiring. I guess I'm just needing some encouragement from someone who has walked the road to an alcohol-free lifestyle. If you have any suggestions for successfully making these changes, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm really grateful to have found you as well as the Nate Land crew. You guys have really been a bright light for me and my family. And I'm thankful you have chosen integrity and character in such a dark industry. Praying for you and your family as you get ready to welcome your new son into the world. Mm -hmm. um, what I think is, I think, you know, as hard as it may be, and as much as it may seem like, and as much as you may have made these positive strides, I think the quick answer is you got to quit drinking altogether. Um, at least for a while, I think that if you used to drink extremely heavy, then it probably is a trigger to your wife that any amount of alcohol that you drink, it probably worries her that you're going to go back into that place. But I think that you will notice, and I don't know what kind of work you do. I don't know why you're so stressed out. 
I've not been married for 10 years. I don't have four kids. So you're dealing with a lot of stuff, stuff that I don't know about and stuff that I've not experienced. So I'm not saying that I have the advice, but I can just tell you from a drinking perspective that when I quit drinking, I gained so much energy, so much clarity, so much positivity that I think would help you in all these situations. And I don't know what your job is like and why you're so stressed, but you know, you might even think about that if it's feasible to even look for a different job or a different way to uh, relieve some stress. But, um, you know, drinking is a trigger for a lot of people. And uh, I think if you can, and you can, uh, it's hard. I mean, it was hard for me to quit drinking, but I did it. And I'm, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. I have a hard time with moderation. So you cutting back to a couple of six packs on the weekends is amazing to me. I mean, I used to have a joke where I said, if I say I'm not drinking, I'm at least having a couple of beers. If I say I'm going to have a couple of beers and I'm getting drunk. If I tell you I'm getting drunk, then it's a guarantee that the window's getting knocked out and somebody's sister's getting knocked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe mine. <laughs> and uh, and But it's like... Uh, I think that's the quick answer. You just got to give it up and, and, and feel free to make it known. You don't have to rub it in, but make it known. Hey, I'm not drinking, you know, let people know. I like to do that. If I do the dishes, I like to let Hannah know, Hey, I did the dishes. I don't rub it in. Hannah does the dishes every day. So I don't rub it in. I don't act like I'm high and mighty cause I did them, but I like her to know that I did do them. <laughs> I want to get my credit in That's there. Right. I want her to know that tonight I did them. Mm -hmm. I don't try to be like, oh, I did the dishes yesterday. You can do them for the rest of the month. But I'm like, hey, just. I'm doing my part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm helping. I'm trying. And, you know, so it's like you can make that known and just say, hey, I'm I'm going to make a real effort to quit drinking. This is, you know, let your wife know, hey, this is hard for me, but I care about our family. I care about our kids. I care about you. So I want to quit drinking. But, you know, this is hard for me. So support me on this and and, you know, do some nice things for your wife that that maybe, you know, you, you used to do that maybe you don't do now. I mean, I was thinking about this. With Hannah, I used to play songs for her that I felt like were really sweet. And then later she told me she didn't like country music. So I was like, oh, so all that sweet stuff I was doing, that was, that was not working. <laughs> that wasn't working for you, huh? And uh, <laughs> But it's like, you know, I realize all that stuff can be hard, but it's like, that's the way. Because if, you know, I've talked about divorce before, but, you know, if you end up getting divorced for some reason, if you if you let this slide and, and, it, and it leads to divorce, then, you know, um, depending on what state you live in, it's really set up for uh, women to get everything, essentially. So you don't you. Uh, instantly don't have a lot of control over what's happening with your kids and your family. And, it, and I know that all seems very dramatic, but it's like, you're at a place right now where I think it's all correctable, but it's like, you just got to make that step and give that up, you know? And I don't want to tell people to do weed because I don't know your, uh, you know, your whole situation. But um, I know as a person, they call it California sober, I think is what people call it. I call it dry where it's like, I don't drink, but I still will mess around with the weed a little bit. Um, and I find that it's a good way to take the edge off. There's ways you can do it. The weed is so strong now. You can do edibles where you just do a small little edible and you feel a buzz. Or you can do, um, you know, 
a little bit of weed and and you can hide it. I mean, it's easy to hide it now because it's it's not like it was back in the day where, you know, when I was growing up, you had to roll a joint, you had to smoke that whole thing just to feel anything. It's like, you know, and that might help you take the edge off without being the triggering thing. And again, I'm not giving you any advice. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm not uh, uh, equipped or licensed or whatever I need to say to get myself out of trouble. But that's just my thoughts. But he's asking you, a comedian, former alcoholic raised in a trailer park, for advice. And that's that's about the kind of advice you might expect from someone like you. Yes. And I just but I just feel like there's some legal stuff out there that says, mm-hmm. oh, you can't tell people things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not telling you anything. But I just know that kind of stuff's helped me. I know people have different views on weed and they, they a lot of people don't like it. And I think weed can be uh, can really take control of people, too. There's people who can't handle it. But for me, it is so much better than drinking. Uh, and it did not replace drinking for me. I mean, I quit everything for a year. I was completely sober for a year. And then I slowly eased my way back into something. But, um, you know, my life is completely different than it was when I drank all the time. And, you know, even a six pack, a couple of six packs on the weekends, I mean, depending on what your weekend looks like, that means you're having six on Saturday, six on Sunday, and then you're back to work. And it's like, you know, and you can find a darkness in just about anything. And I do think if you've got some kind of addiction to alcohol, if you don't replace it with some kind of other thing, I mean, well, what I'm thinking is you will replace it with some kind of other thing. So you have to kind of choose what that is. Like me, obviously I'm not drinking right now. I'm pregnant. I don't smoke weed. And when I did drink, I didn't drink a lot, but for the, almost the whole tenure of my pregnancy, I've been in deep bondage to trashy TLC shows. And that gives me a lot of shame because I've just been wasting my life watching trashy reality TV. And I know that doesn't sound like that's ruining my life or hurting my family, but maybe it is and you just can't see it. So I just think there's different kinds of bondages and and you just have to decide in yourself, well, all right, if I'm not going to do the six packs on the weekends, how am I going to decompress? Because you do need to decompress. You need to figure out what what you're going to replace it with. Yeah. Or, or you know, because it could be food. I mean, all these obese yeah. people like it's just like everybody's but, got something that they're yeah, turning to that I, gets unhealthy. But I, I don't want too much focus to be on replacing it. I oh, think that never mind. I'm also not an expert. So. Yeah. No, I, you know, no, I know I led us down the path of talking about replacing it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't want there to be too much focus on. I just think if you have to. Because you're replacing it could be working out. You could, you know, you could, when I, when I quit drinking, um, you know, a lot of things happened. My, my whole life changed. I quit drinking and I quit smoking cigarettes and I sold my car and I started um, riding a bike everywhere and going to the gym. I lost 40 pounds in two months. I mean, I really, and that's not all that feasible for people, especially if you have a family. I mean, I would take, you know, 40 minute bike rides to the gym, work out and then ride home. Yeah, that's incredible. That was because two months. Wow. That was because I was single and I had, you know, there was no, uh, I had nothing to do. I had all the time in the world. I'd quit my job and I mean, it was an amazing time. So Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to have that kind of time, but I hope this has been helpful. Just something to chew on with your front teeth. And then this one, this is the other one. This is the one from last week. Um, uh, Let's see. 
Mm. All right, here we go. This is going to be a bit more of a religious one. This will be the last one, then we're out of here. I do need to say that I'm sorry that you have attended churches that communicate that now that we're saved, we can do whatever we want. That is false. However, the answer is not to go back to the law of Moses. I think you are misunderstanding the nature and role of the Old Testament law. The Old Testament law was given to the nation of Israel. The New Testament is clear that we as the church, the body of Christ, are no longer under it. Uh, however, that does not mean we are not under any law. We are under the law of Christ as given in the New Testament. There are plenty of commands to obey in the New Testament, and in some ways they are harder than the Old Testament laws because they are are not merely external, but also internal. For example, the law of Moses says don't commit adultery, but the law of Christ says don't even lust after a woman in your heart. In some ways, it's easy not to commit a, and not to commit adultery, but much harder not to lust. Also, you cannot pick and choose what laws to follow in the Old Testament. It's all or nothing. In other words, you can say, I'll follow the law about not eating pork, but not follow the laws about sacrificing animals for your sins or wearing mixed fiber clothing or stoning people who curse their parents. Again, it's all or nothing. The Israelites couldn't pick and choose. And if they chose to place yourself under, and, and if you choose to place yourself under the law, you can't pick and choose either. I don't get to pick and choose which laws in the law of Christ in the New Testament I want to obey. It's all or nothing. Now, the last part where he says, uh, I can't pick and choose the laws of Christ in the New Testament. Well, what are those laws? You know, I mean, it's like you, you kind of are picking and choosing if you if you go that route, because there's not really like a clear list of laws. Now, there are some things. There are plenty of things where people say, don't do this, don't do that. But there's not a clear list of laws to follow. So you kind of are picking and choosing. And as far as me picking and choosing Old Testament laws, I don't believe that I can either, but I believe sacrificing was done away with because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for us. There is no greater sacrifice, and I believe that we are uh, we we are to obey the law, but but under the law or under the curse of the law is the punishments, meaning that the law still exists and we should follow them. But if we break them, we're not going to be stoned for it. The, the, the penalty is not death for us because Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice. So when people committed sins of the Old Testament, uh, they would have to go and sacrifice, you know, a, a lamb to to atone for their sins. Now we have Jesus who always is an atonement for our sins, but we must repent and we must ask for forgiveness. And uh, as for stoning, I've gone over this too, but I, I feel like Jesus uh, basically did away with stoning in the moment where he said, he who is without sin cast the first stone, meaning all of us are sinful and all of us are guilty of a stonable offense. So if, if we're going to be, you know, we need to be pure ourselves if we're going to be stoning people. So I don't think we are under the curse of the law or the punishments, but we are still under the law. And it's like, I go round and round and round with people about all this stuff, but at the heart of it all, what we're basically saying is, can we eat pork or can we not eat pork? I mean, this whole debate people have with me is for their love of pork. 
And if they would just admit that, that they love pork and they don't want to give it up, then this would all be a lot easier. But it's just like, I think that's what it all boils down to. There is no, if you really get detailed in the Bible, uh, my opinion, there is no evidence to suggest that anything was changed by pork. Because again, I said this last week and I'm sorry I've said it 10,000 times. But Peter walked with Jesus. Peter spent time with Jesus. In fact, when they came to get Jesus, Peter pulled out a sword and cut off one of the guard's ears. Peter was down. Peter followed Jesus. He was ready to die for Jesus, ready to fight for Jesus. And so when Peter is sitting on the rooftop later after Jesus has died and God sends down a sheet full of unclean animals and, and, and says to Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything clean or uncommon. If Jesus had made food clean, then Peter would have known. And then even later, it says that, that the vision was revealed to him that what God was actually saying was now uh, people that were deemed unclean were now clean. And so I just think uh, I don't I don't you know, people can eat pork all they want. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. But I'm just telling you what I believe the Bible says is that we're not supposed to eat it. I just ordered some beef bacon the other day from a farm I order from. It's delicious. I've had turkey bacon that's delicious. There's no need to hang on to this, this pig. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no need to grapple with it. Pork is, is easy to raise. They'll eat anything, and it's a cheap meat. And that's why they push it on us, because it's, it's cheap. Go beef. Go beef or go broke. <laughs> or, or, or wherever. Go beef and go broke. I mean, it's more expensive. But oh, yeah, that's true. I'm, you know, uh, but I, I've been wanting to read that. I mean, the guy who sent it to me is my friend. We've had lunch together before. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at anyone. Next time I'm in his area, I'll have lunch with him again. Well, listen, but you I, know, a lot of people like to say, you know, the Bible says or the Bible is clear and this is what the Bible says. And I, I just think the Bible is a book to be interpreted. So, and I many think, people are going to interpret it differently. Look, I think these debates are great. I mean, just recently in Texas, I mean, I had lunch with a guy that we got into a pretty serious email battle back and forth about this and about me attending churches. And uh, I think I think the Bible is meant to be debated. And I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it ever should be settled. Mm -hmm. I love the debates. Praise God. This is, <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Praise God. Well, listen, thank you for listening to this podcast. This comedy-based podcast. <laughs> yes. And we're having a good time. Thank mm -hmm. you.